When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, April 18th, 2023. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I am joined by the new face of video games, Blessing Eddie Oye Jr. Do you, do you smell that, Tim? Oh, I do, Bless. It's the smell of smoke, but also the smell of review season. The never-ending review season 3.0, I'd say this is, this month alone. This oh, yeah. year alone. Well, it's it, just continuing. It's it coming stops. It's coming in two waves, according to Blessing's super fun game release mm-hmm. calendar, where wave one starts this week. Uh, we actually It actually starts today. It started a day early, where uh, we got in our codes for Horizon Forbidden West, the DLC, Ooh, Burning Shores. Cool. And so I got that downloading on my PS5 right now. I'm excited about it, but of course, we also have um, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. That's coming out April 28th, and then Redfall, and then, of course, the finale of this first wave zelda tears of the kingdom oh and then wave two is in june right when i look at the calendar right you're talking about street fighter you're talking about diablo we're talking about goodbye volcano high final fantasy 16 Mm -hmm. but uh i'm very excited i'm very excited to play some some games i've been on video game sabbatical yeah the last i like that that's good for you you need you you need a little break before the storm that is that is approaching i i am at the point that i'm dreaming about zelda oh yeah i just i keep hearing the music and i wake up and i'm just like is it may yet it's not quite, but we're almost there. We're almost there. I've sent out the text to my friends. And I've been like, hey. From if you want to hang out. If you want to hang out, hang out with me now. Like month, The month of May and the month of June, I'm going to be unavailable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be hard to get a, get a hold of. So Horizon DLC, mm-hmm. you you obviously played Forbidden West, and then there was the, um, the PSVR 2 game that you just played. Are you excited to get back into that world right after the VR experience? Weirdly enough, I, uh, I'm like medium excited and that has nothing to do with the vr game right like the vr game feels like an entirely separate thing and i guess i am just coming out of a horizon world which i'm sure is doing a little bit uh, t- uh, to me but i'm just not i'm not a big dlc person like i'm not somebody who likes to come back to the same game after a year after completing it and then just playing more content because like I didn't, I didn't even complete Horizon in terms of all the side quests and all the side stuff in the game. And so if, if I really wanted more content, I'll just play that side stuff. But I do like the idea of more story. I do like the idea of new characters introduced. I saw a little bit of the trailers. I've been trying not to watch too much because I want to be surprised. But like I've seen some of the new stuff, and it looks pretty cool. I saw one clip on Twitter that literally made my jaw drop. Really? Just the scale of what? Uh, this boss fight i was like holy crap oh yeah well that gets that gets me excited but yeah i'm usually not a dlc person and like i i think i think what honestly is doing it the most for me is i'm so excited for jedi survivor and i just want to play jedi survivor and like i'm in the mood for that kind of game i'm in the mood for a melee combat souls like i was watching some clips of andy playing it on twitch and like even seeing him fight against one of the uh, fighting i think it was the night sister or whatever doing with the, the lightsaber boss fights i'm like dude this looks this is exactly what i need right now this is the kind of game i want to play but i got horizon deals <laughs> so i'm gonna play this instead and i'm gonna have fun with it but you are yeah i'm, I'm medium excited short weeks but today 
We have some news stories to talk about, Bless, including Dead Island 2 Review Roundup, a Nintendo Indie World Showcase tomorrow, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. We're each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games or Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We come at you live with all of the video game news that you need to know. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Um, if you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube or roosterteeth.com. You could also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games daily and we will be right there for you if you want to be part of the show you can head to kind of slash kfgd to write in with your questions squad ups and more and remember patreon.com slash kind of funny will get you the show ad free plus a whole bevy of bonus content including new episodes of kind of beauty of um the shit list which is always good yeah uh greg ways daily like so much great stuff patreon.com slash kind of funny little housekeeping for you our dead island 2 review is up right now as a kind of funny games cast over in all the usual spots uh barrett's next video essay that is uh being made thanks to your support over on patreon back in october when we launched the spare bedroom kind of funny studios um is coming up may or april 19th at 2 p.m that is tomorrow we're gonna get a, a full video essay breakdown Using the whole set, doing the whole thing. It's kind of funny special presentation of why Barrett thinks that uh, Jedi Fallen Order kicks ass right in time for Survivor to get that hype going. Oh my God, I couldn't be more hyped. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. And also, we're trying something new with YouTube Super Chats on Kind of Funny Games Daily. Uh, only on the YouTube and the live stream, there's going to be a 30-minute post-show uh, where Snowbike Mike comes in to talk us, Kind of Funny Games Daily hosts, about your Super Chat questions, about new stories during the, the show, whatever video game stuff you want to talk about, even if it's not video games, throw it at us. We'll respond to you and have a great time. Uh, thank you to the RPT. Blah. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Tripod Plus Plus and Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by Rocket Money, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. Seven news stories today. Uh, Baker's Dozen. Gotta love it. Story number one, Dead Island 2 review roundup. Currently sitting at a 75 on Metacritic and a 73 wow. on Open Critic. I am a little surprised by this, but very, very happy. Yeah. Good job, guys. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. Good Proud stuff here. North up at IGN gave it a 7 out of 10, saying Dead Island 2 is a hysterical Los Angeles infused satire that does most things well enough, but feels like a stroll down the walk of fame of celebrated zombie games I've already played without adding many new ideas of its own. In fact, aside from the stellar comedy bits, I can think of very few things that Dead Island 2 does better than last year's Dying Light 2. Still, if you've ever wanted to put your Wolverine claws straight through a zombie's face or knock someone's head off with a golf club, Dead Island 2's got you. Its blood-soaked melee combat and memorable characters are a, fun, are, are a lot of fun, especially when accompanied by friends and co-op multiplayer. The somewhat generic crafting weapons and upgrading your skills as you lay waste to armies of spray-tanned undead is entertaining enough on its own, but the strong writing and completely irreverent tone are the true stars of the show. Wesley LeBlanc over at Game Informer gave it a 7.75 out of 10. With Dead Island 2 behind me, I'm thrilled Dan Buster Studios could take something we first learned about way back in 2014 and successfully bring it across the finish line with its own take on the series' vision. Dead Island 2 plays, looks, and sounds like a B-movie horror comedy from the 90s, and the team leans into that full bore with its systems. 
At the core of this game is zombie destruction, and Dead Island 2 features both plenty of systems and, uh, with which to engage in and plenty of zombies to destroy. Its serviceable story does just enough to move Slayers across Los Angeles' postcard locations at a brisk pace, and I appreciate how much side content is available within them to keep each visit entertaining. Mark Delaney at GameSpot gives it a 7 out of 10, saying its deep melee combat systems and rich setting make it a better game than the original, which is maybe the most important thing I can say about it after everything it's been through. And then Greg Miller from Kind of Funny says. What does Greg Miller say? Oh, I don't know if you're going to watch the TikTok or whatever. If no, you're that's like, hey, all you. Tim, We're live, baby. <laughs> I'm live. What's up, Kind of Funny Games Daily? It's me, Greg Miller. Uh, I said on the Kind of Funny scale, three out of five. Not to be confused with the three out of ten. Uh, I gave it an okay over on the Games Cast, available right now on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, podcast services around the globe. Um, and these reviews echo that, with the exception of where everybody's like, it's hilarious. Uh, me and Mike don't know what game they were playing because we like. I I wish there was humor that like permeated this game that actually spoke out. Uh, I found the story to be incredibly forgettable. Uh, like I said, in I see the, the you know the conversation about it being a B movie thing, right? Like it's the traditional zombie slash horror schlock story. I think right of just like. You're running through. You're doing these things. Here's a bunch of characters in, you know, L.A. I wish they had gone harder with the parody of L.A. I wish they had gone harder with the humor. I think it would have given it some personality rather than just be this, in terms of a narrative, middling thing about, like, all right, cool. Here, we're in L.A., but we're not really making great use of it, right? Like, uh, we're talking about Burning Shores. You just got your code. We just You're installing yours. I'm a few minutes in over at my desk, and already I'm like, man, like, they're L.A., just even on the the, <laughs> the initial fly, and I'm like, oh, there's the Capitol Records building. Oh, there's the Hollywood sign. Like, this is a cooler version of L.A. than even theirs was, which was like a sun-splotched zombie attack L.A., whatever. But overall, what I go back to and I talk about a lot in the uh, review, right, is like 3 out of 10 is okay on our scale, and that's what this game is. It's an okay video game. I really enjoyed myself with it. I had a lot, I had fun with it. I had a lot of fun with it. I want to eventually get back and platinum it. Wow. As we move on to different reviews and stuff. Well, I've already put in so much work. I'm pretty close. That's so just already. wild that you – I would have never believed Greg Miller would want a platinum Dead Island 2 in 2023. I mean, he wanted a platinum Dead Island 1 in 2011, but of course, if memory serves, they uh, I had it reviewed on 360, and then Riptide had a game-breaking bug at the end. I had everything but the last collectible, and the last collectible triggered on me or whatever. Uh, I don't know if they ever patched it. I've thought about, honestly, during this review, I thought about putting my PS3 back in and seeing if oh I still my save or whatever, because I'm that kind of psycho. <laughs> Greg, uh, did you review Dead Island Riptide at IGN? I did. Did you review Dead Island 1 at IGN? I did. I'm old. I put up, uh, if, you, if Kevin has a chance to jump to my Twitter, I put up the Dr. Manhattan meme of it's 2011. I'm, I'm 28 years old. I'm reviewing Dead Island. I'm 2012. Anyways. That's great. Uh, yeah, so I've been around the block with Dead Island, and this is Dead Island 1 in a... 2023 setting they don't it's the same zombies in a lot of instances they don't push a lot of it forward but it is still fun to run around and chop zombies up but i wouldn't look for anything beyond that yeah is dead the, island three does it happen Do you're we talking it? about there we, we had a conversation on the games cast thank you kevin we had that conversation on the games cast and i think that they aren't going to let this ip go i think there is a there's juice to it and i do think that what i hope the takeaway from these reviews are and what we talked about in the games cast is that of course two different developers were removed from this project before it ended up with Dan mm -hmm. Buster. And I think Dan Buster got the note from Deep Silver, make Dead Island again. Make a safe Dead Island. Make a Force Awakens Dead Island. Just make Dead Island for these systems. And I would hope that as they see these scores, they go, okay, now let's experiment. Let's Whatever the other two studios were doing, I'm assuming there wasn't incompetence. It was just like too grand or too different or whatever. Let's experiment with that and see what we make from there. And I think you could get a Dead Island 3 from that.
Do the scores surprise you? Like specifically the Metacritic and the Open Critic, right? We're talking about seventy-five on uh, Metacritic, uh, on Open Critic, talking about seventy-three. We're talking about a seven point seventy-five from Game Informer, and I forget what Mike said exactly, but he was like, "If this game, like the, some lunatics or whatever, are going to give it an eight, yeah, like yeah. some knuckleheads are going to give it an, yeah. uh, an eight. I'm seeing the Metacritic. Does that like? I thought the Metacritic would be lower. I, yeah. I thought I, I did think we'd be getting from it. I thought you might get it harder from an IGN or a GameSpot or whatever, because again, like it's a fun game. And I enjoy this game, and I want to play more of this game, but I do find it to be pretty unremarkable. And like they've talked about it in the reviews here, right? Like, it is well-worn territory, what you're doing in here. Dying Light 2 is a better game that's more diverse, more vertical. It just depends what you want from it. And I do enjoy questing and just getting things and upgrading my weapons and beating things up. And that's what this game is, which is all well and good. And again, it loads quickly. It doesn't crash all the time like Dead Island did. I didn't run into game-breaking bugs like other Dead Islands have in the past, like... It's a it's a good game. It's fun. Or it's an okay game on our scale. It's a fun game to play. It's a good game according to IGN. I, but I thought, yeah, I like. I thought we'd be a little bit lower than seven. What is the open critic? It's seventy five. Seventy five. Yeah, the critic. I thought we'd be a little bit lower than. that. I'm sure as more come in, we will as well. But about how much time did you put into it? I did about twenty hours uh, when I rolled credits. I did some side stuff here and there, and now obviously I'm doubling back for a ton of the side stuff because one of the, them called out like, you know, Mike in his review uh, on the Gamescast talked a little bit about like, oh man, like you know, the story moves really quick. It's twenty four missions, so you can finish. I think at night one he was at eleven missions done or oh, twelve wow. missions done or whatever. I didn't have that experience where i was i think exploring a bit more and going a bit more off the beaten path and like really you know going through every cabinet everything mm -hmm. every collectible i could find uh and now that i'm there it's something like 30, 35 exactly exactly laying the groundwork mm -hmm. uh 35 side missions and or 33 maybe i don't know i talk about it in the games cast but 30 plus side missions and i'm only like seven or ten through those so there's a lot more to do cool yep but Congrats, now we got Horizon Burning Shore. We got a redacted up, code Greg. coming in. It's review season, everybody. Oh, it's review season. Up, man. Redact me up. I'm everywhere. so excited for redacted. Me too. I don't even know what it is. I don't know what it is. Whatever either. it is, it's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. There's so many exciting games coming out that it, I'm just at the point that like whatever comes through, it's probably going to be. Oh, wait, I got it. Well, like I got, I got a game plan, and I don't, I don't know how well I'm going to be able to stick to this game plan because as I was, as I was telling you, right? Like I've told my friends. You know, don't don't come for me, mm -hmm. right? Don't come looking for me nah, in the month dude. of May and the month of June. I'm gone. Mm -hmm. I'm off. I'm off the the, the radar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you're not gonna find me if you're trying to text me. You're gonna get it bounced back. My phone's gonna be off. Because uh, like, I'm, you're talking about four different games that are coming out in the next few weeks if Redfall doesn't get delayed, right? Which at this point we're far along enough where it's like I don't think that game's gonna get delayed. And so like, how am I gonna make time for Horizon, Jedi, Redfall, and Zelda, right? Let alone the smaller games. Like I know you're looking forward to Last Case of Benedict Fox. I am, man. That's coming out on April 27th, right? Yeah. That's like seven days away. About oh no, 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 that's like nine days away. But like that's, that's scary. <laughs> that's soon, right? Yeah. Like, are you gonna be able to play that? There's a game called Ravenlock that looks pretty cool that I want to check out. That like is coming out to on um, Xbox and Xbox Game Pass, and that one was at the Xbox Game Showcase last year. It looks like a cool little fantasy action game with like voxel um graphics and stuff that yeah. like if this wasn't shout a, out to voxel shout out to voxel i feel you like we don't I mean? we don't get voxels enough i want to see a few I more think, games I, these voxels. yeah yeah i, I feel like the great use of voxels in the mario movie with yeah. the world map oh yeah situation yeah. going on but yeah just shout out to the word and, like shout out to resogun like resogun was the thing that put me on the voxels mm. i was like damn voxels are wild um but yeah like you got those uh <laughs> lego 2k drive is coming out may 19th and i'm all about lego 2k drive like i'm very excited for that game video games are happening they're happening and i don't know how i'm gonna play them all but i want us. to yeah I, i'm just trying to keep it keep it chill i'm trying to not get overwhelmed and stressed out because that's when what i hate most about video games mm -hmm. is when i start feeling like i have to do it 
Mm-hmm. And then it starts adding on top of each other. Like I was getting a little antsy during the Dead Space Metroid Prime um, Hi-Fi before? Rush mm. era, where I was like, "Uh oh, uh oh." And I, I just, I need, I know this about myself, and I said this on camera, so I need you guys to hold me accountable. I need to just stick to a game until I finish it before bouncing around, because mm. I just get overly stressed when I, I play two hours of Metroid and then two hours of Dead Space the next day, and then two, it's like I need to just do finish the thing. <sighs> I need to finish Jedi Survivor before Zelda. (laughs) I I think you will. You just got to lock in. You just got to lock in. Again, this clear your schedule. I'm looking at my, my, like, uh, during my video game sabbatical, Tim, Mm -hmm. I was out on the streets. Oh, yeah. I was was, was out. Saying hi, shaking hands. I was shaking hands. I was doing all that stuff. I was at bars drinking. I was hanging out with friends. I was doing all these things. I went to a musical. (laughs) Many of them. I went to a Sabrina Carpenter concert on Saturday. I've been out and about, Tim. No more of that. Yeah. I'm so, locking in. I'm locking my doors. I'm playing some fucking video games, Tim. Yeah, man. Let us know in the comments below what you're locking into, video games or otherwise. Story number two, Nintendo Indie World Showcase announced for tomorrow in case you needed more games. Mm-hmm. Um, join us tomorrow, April 19th at 9 a.m. Pacific for a new Indie World Showcase. Tune in for roughly 20 minutes of reveals, announcements, and updates on indie games for the Nintendo Switch. Um, bless. Tim. What is up? it happening? Well, what is it? What is it? No. no, it's not happening. Hollow Knight Silk Song is that what you're asking for? I mean, hey, it's got to happen somewhere. It's not going to happen in a Nintendo Indie World Showcase. It like, definitely could. It's Hollow Knight Silk Song is elevated to Jeff Keighley stage at this point. Like, that has to appear at a proper Nintendo Direct or a Jeff Keighley stage or something bigger. Like, I feel that. Where, where'd we last get that? We got that at Xbox's um, E3 showcase. Xbox showcase. Year. But I'm pretty sure before that, we got it at a Nintendo Indie World. Back check me on that, you're wrong, but I'm pretty sure the like one of the first times we saw the game was either at a Nintendo Direct or an Indie World. But I think even since then, it, you're right. it has elevated. I a thousand percent agree with you. Yeah. I, I think that this this is a a one of the smaller platforms uh for stages, I guess, yeah. for Hollow Knight Silk Song. Having said that, I do think that there is a respect and understanding, and kind of being the biggest guy in a small pond. It's still great. For sure. And like in, in WWE, there's NXT. And sometimes the big WWE guys will go back to NXT and like be the champion for a while just mm-hmm. to kind of like be like, no, 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 NXT is also important. I can see them wanting to do that for Indie World, whether it's Nintendo or Hollow Knight team being yeah. like, hey, we're, we're the big dogs of the Indie World. For sure. Like this is in a grant clout either which way, right? Mm-hmm. Like Hollow Knight for being the big dog or the Nintendo Indie World, right? For having something like Hollow Knight. Um, it's fun looking back and seeing what the history of Nintendo Indie World have been because they're generally pretty good, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like you're getting some 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 gems, whether it's fun surprises of games that you didn't know about before and you're getting the um, the reveal of them and you're like, oh, man, this looks like something that I would love to play. This looks like something that's pretty cool or an update on something that you have been looking forward to that might not have um, been updated for a while in the case of Sports Story, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, in the case of Sports Story, that game came out, it wasn't what we wanted it to be, but it was still exciting seeing it there. And I'm looking at the um, list of games that were announced at, I believe, the the uh, most recent Indie World in November 2022. And you're talking about Sports Story being announced for December, uh, Rogue Legacy 2 coming to Switch, this game called Pepper Grinder from Devolver Digital that has a pretty cool trailer. And, like, I think I might have missed this Indie World because I went and watched the trailer for Pepper Grinder uh, this morning, and I was like, dude, this looks really cool. I've not seen 
seen this before. And so, like, yeah, looking through, you get some pretty cool announcements. Have a Nice Death, uh, which is a game I've heard really good things about, right? Fun roguelite where you're playing as the Grim Reaper. Mm-hmm. Um, Dora Doan, which looks pretty cool. A Space for the Unbound, which I've heard excellent things about. Once Upon a, a Jester. Um, Desta, the Memories Between, which we, that was the dodgeball strategy game yeah, that we played at Summer Game rad. Fest, which looks super rad, yeah. Uh, Goodbye World, which is, like, a cool g- uh, game with an art style. It's, like, a d- narrative game about um, the struggles to develop a video game. Aka, uh, Blanc. Um, I really enjoyed. Yeah, and like, I mean, even if, even if I stop there, like Venba is also on this list. Even if I stop there, it's like, yeah, oh, dude. that's a really exciting showcase right there of yeah. indie games. I think that's the level you're looking for. Um, you're looking forward to when you're talking about Nintendo Indie World, and I think that paints a really cool picture of what could we see there. For me, like, if I'm wondering things that I, if I'm thinking about things that I want to see, where has Metal Slug Tactics been? And is that is that that's announced an for the Switch? Question, and I don't think that'd be an indie world. You don't think so? Because that's not indie. I guess you're right. You know? Yeah. It has indie vibes to yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Um, but, and I mean, you know, maybe I could see them somehow swinging it. Like, again, it's Nintendo. They make their own fucking rules, and those rules are weird. That's is it, wait, is it not yeah. indie? Metal Slug Tactics? Is it? I don't know. I mean, imagine that's Neo Geo's related, right? I mean, it, it must be, but, like, I'm looking it up, and the publisher is uh, .emu. Dotemu? I never figured out how to, yeah. how to um, pronounce that. Demo. Which they've done Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge, Streets of Rage 4, and Windjammers 2. And it's being developed by uh, Lakir Studio, which I'm not familiar with Lakir Studio, but they look to be an indie SMK, studio. SMK is not an indie studio, but I think that, like, for sure. Depending on how you want it, like, I, I, I you wouldn't can be surprised that. if Windjammers would make it an indie world. So it's like, they're making their own rules. They're playing fast and loose. Like, it is what it is. Um, and we've seen Nintendo's indie showcases evolve over the last decade where Indie World seems to be a branding that has stuck for stuck, mm-hmm. stuck uh, for the last couple of years. And um, I do think it has an identity to itself that, like, we know what we're about to get from it. And, like, I feel like that's going to be a lot of quality games that we look at, like, back to back and go, hey, that looks nice. That looks cool. I Oh, Joey would like that. Andy would like yeah. that. It's like... They have a great um, kind of sense of understanding of what Nintendo indies are. And like, I feel like, it's like these are games you're going to play on the Switch. You're going to like them a lot. They're going to be comfy. It's just going to be a good time. But every once in a while, we get something like Hyrule, uh, Hi- yeah, Cadence of, of Hyrule, Hyrule, which is like a fun surprise, right? Um, so adding that to the potential of Hollow Knight, which again, I, I don't expect to see it tomorrow. I'm just saying I don't think people should think it's impossible to be there tomorrow. I uh, mean... I, I I think it's impossible. I want to know tomorrow. where we've seen it before, because I'm like I saw someone in the chat. I think it was Alex G saying that um, before we saw um, the the Xbox thing last year with Hollow Knight, mm-hmm. we saw it at a Nintendo Treehouse. Oh, really? So it's like, which I know things have changed. But is that also just in our heads? <laughs> somebody, somebody in chat says Hades too, which I'm like that. You are that. That is way beyond what you would see at a Nintendo Indie World. And also Hades, since the origin of Hades one has been a Keeley thing. Yeah, I mean so that's a good call. I, I feel like that's that's going to be there. Uh, but I, I also think that paints the picture of like, what does indie really mean? Because of course Hades is indie, right? Like super super giant is like the other people aren't publishing those games. They're doing that by themselves, right? But like. Hades 2 has the name recognition of a triple AIP. And that I think that would be something that would appear at like, yeah, a Keeley thing or at a bigger showcase. Which sure it has. Which it has, yeah. Um, and like I'm go, going back to, to Metal Slug Tactics, right? Like, even though that is SNK, even though technically not indie, I think the term indie has Hold on, fluctuated boss. so much. Hold what's on. up? What's up? Bander SN. Hades full release was revealed in an indie world. 
interesting. Oh, yeah, because that came out. thickens everybody. Well, you're not going to see Hades 2, though. Like, Hades 1, I understand, because that's Supergiant before Hades. Supergiant after Hades 1. They're feeling themselves. They're feeling themselves. <laughs> yeah. Like, if I'm Supergiant, I'm like, yeah, yeah, put this as your one more thing at a fucking PlayStation showcase. Like, you are going to put me on the biggest stage possible for this thing, because Hades, one of the biggest games of that year. Biggest stage possible? Oh, the God. Stage of the Shrine Theater in front, <laughs> in front of 7,000 7, screaming fans. Yeah. Can you imagine? But yeah, another one I'll throw in there, uh, Skate Story. Where is it? That's, I believe, a Devolver joint, if I remember correctly. And so, like, maybe you'd see it at a Devolver thing. But Is that coming to Switch, though? No, but I think if I, oh, maybe if it, it could. Was. Yeah, yeah, if it was coming to Switch, you would talk about it at an indie world. That's the thing where I try to look at games that have been announced for PC and go, which one of these could fit on Switch? Because, of course, Switch is one of the premier indie platforms, right? At least it has been. And, you know, when you talk to developers, ask them, hey, what platforms is this coming to? If they're only able to list one or two platforms because the reality of development is that you're not able to make make your game for everything all the time because that's a lot of work. Switch is usually the one of the first ones to come up when you're talking about consoles because Switch has that um, attachment rate when it comes to buying indies, right? People who own the Switch are going to buy indie, indie games. And then you might talk about Xbox if your game is on Xbox Game Pass and then PlayStation. Maybe if you're able to get a PlayStation Indies deal or whatever. But Switch comes up so often. Um, and so, yeah, I look to something like Skate Story and wonder, could that come to Switch is it, it could it appear at an indie showcase because that game looks so cool. And then something like, uh, I talked about this on PS Love You recently. There's this game, Fallen Aces, that is this first-person action game. It's this cr uh, gritty crime thriller that looks really cool, that has this, like, first-person, uh, again, first-person action um, perspective. But, like, the art is 2D, and it looks super rad. Uh, games like that, I'm down to see. But yeah. is there anything for you that you're like, I want this to appear tomorrow? Um, I mean, we're talking a lot of cool. You, you bringing up Skate Story gets me, like, stupidly excited. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's going <laughs> to be there, but, like, oh, I love that. But I do like that we're at a point with indies that there are now, like, kind of the tiers and levels of what to expect where we know we're going to get a bunch of games we've never heard of. Mm -hmm. We know we're going to get some games, potentially, from um, studios we know. We're like, oh, we're getting a follow-up project. That's exciting. And now there's, like, kind of more triple-I things. Like, there's these, like, games that we're excited to see more of. We're excited to see sequels announced. Like, Hades 2 being a great example. Like, Hollow Knight, we're excited for seeing more of Silk Song on the level that we are of, like, a, a Final Fantasy or something yeah. like that, you know? So, like, that's a big deal. Something that I, I, I've been tinkering on, I'm trying to figure out here, Bless. I need your help on it. I think a great way for us to hypothesize what might be shown tomorrow mm -hmm. is for us to take a step back to last month. Mm. When me and you were at a hotel room. <laughs> what hotel room were we in? In San Francisco. <laughs> oh! Playing some Nintendo yes. indie games. <laughs> I forgot about that. GDC. That's a really good call. Because whatever was there, I imagine, will get updates. There was a yeah. lot of unanswered questions there. As far as I remember, Gunbrella doesn't have a release date. That would be a oh, great place. Oh, that's a really that. good call. Yeah. That's a really good call for Gunbrella to What else do we, we see there? And also, um, another question, the thing that I, I don't remember because we were there, mm -hmm. was there an indie world coinciding with it? I don't think so. No. So I think this is going to be the that indie, indie world, world that kind of, like, shows those games. So Mage Seeker? Yeah, Mage Seeker Riot. was there. And I Mage Seeker comes out today or tomorrow? So, like, it would yeah, make a lot of sense like, to have mm -hmm. a trailer and be like, and it's out now. Um, have a Nice Death was there, but that game came out yeah. um, already. Um, what was the game I played? Hold on, where's my phone? I put it in my notes app. <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny because it was just a month ago, but it feels like so, so damn long. Um, but anyways, the Gunbrella, I think, is the big one that I'm, I'm hoping we get a release date for tomorrow. Is this it or is this a restaurant I wrote down? I can't remember. Hold on. 
Bless is looking while I'm also looking. Okay, no, this is a game called Nyad um, that I played there. It's a pop agenda joint. It's developed by um, High Warp. And it's this, like, weird, top-down, kind of, like, experiential indie game where you're swimming in this pond and you're <laughs> reuniting uh, baby ducklings to their mother, <laughs> mother ducks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, the game has a really cool art style. It looks really cool. It reminds me of, like, more of a, like, a, like a flow. Like, um, what's the name of the studio that did Journey? That game company. That game company. It reminds me of like an early that game company kind of game where it's mm. very much, hey, you're here to chill. Like you're playing this video game for the vibe. I hated Flow, bro. I'm I, listen. I hated Flower. I fucking hate you. I love Flower. <laughs> Flower's the <laughs> I, best thing I, ever. I've always like. Well, I don't know what it is about uh, that game company games that like. I, I, maybe I'm emotionless. Maybe that's it. Like it, they just don't hit for me. Oh my god, Flower is one of my favorite experiences really i fucking love that game dude it Damn. Get, did you beat it i did beat it it's so guess what so good, guess what bro. global warming you know we're fucking up the planet guess what cool guess i knew what? that already <laughs> I, don't hey, use, man. I don't use video game to tell me that we're fucking up the planet <laughs> but yeah oh, on the man. on the steam store page for naiad right it writes uh, immerse yourself in a relaxing minimalist and colorful ex exploration adventure flow with naiad across a mysterious river and interact with its uh, fauna and flora to discover little secrets enjoy a wholesome experience with an original and dreamy visual style listen if you like flower let me tell you tim you should play some naiad yeah yeah i'm sure you're gonna love it well well maybe we'll see it tomorrow uh charles jacobson writes in with a question about this saying hey tim and bless nintendo has an indie showcase tomorrow and i want to hear what you hope to see silk song date another indie collab like cadence of hyrule a hidden gem from the past jared petty knows everything about Sincerely yours, Charles Jacobson. You've talked about all this, but like I want to focus in on the Nintendo indie collab part. That's the part. I, the reason I want to read. Do this you think question. we could get another one of those? Yes, and I feel like we should, and I wish we got more. When Nintendo collabs with others, it is often very interesting um, results. Mm. Getting Cadence of Hyrule on the indie side, super fucking awesome. Like super fun game, and such a uh, out of nowhere decision that like I would have never seen coming. It reminds me back in the GameCube era of like. Nintendo partnering up with Sega or Capcom, like partnering with Sega to do F-Zero or partnering with Capcom um, to do, um, what was it, Star Fox uh, Assault. Oh, yeah. And um, on the Game Boy side, uh, the Zelda Minish Cap and Oracle of Seasons and Ages. Like, it's there's so much creativity in the industry and Nintendo has so many, like, illustrious IP and characters and, and games and formats and genres. Like, it's Nintendo, right? Everyone has grown up revering this. So to allow these people that have the resources to have fun and, and just go all out is great. Mm. The indie side's in a whole other experimental ball game there. So getting something like Cadence is like, whoa, this is rad. Do you have anything that you're like, I want to see it? Or is it more just like, I just want to see something that I can't even think of right now? I mean, we talk about, you know, we don't, there's not a Mario game announced yet for this year. Every year we get Mario games. It's been a while since we got a, a, a dope-ass, like, big, big new Mario. Let me, let me say a few words, Tim. Cadence of Mushroom Kingdom. I mean, I'm fucking in. <laughs> like, I, I would, would love, love that so much. That. Yeah, that, that would, would be, be so dope. Um, and I would love Mar I would love Nintendo to go hard with Mario this year, right? Because they already are. We mm -hmm. got the the theme park. We got the Mario movie. Right now is the time to strike, mm -hmm. right? Right now is the time to go all the way in, in on Mario on the game side. And so I'd like to see some kind of Mario collaboration there. A dream collaboration that's never going to happen, but I would like... I would explode. <laughs> I would spontaneously combust if this happened. Would be um, if you gave uh, Earthbound to Toby Fox. We got a Toby Fox Earthbound game. That would never happen, but I would, I would absolutely love it. Um, and then, yeah. You I'm, say that would never happen? Like, it's, it's just too much of a slam dunk. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's too much of a, like, 
This would be the perfect decision that Nintendo would never do it. Toby Fox composed music for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Yep. And he composed, I think, that game, uh, a Little Town Hero for yeah. Game Freak. It's just like, that is wild. Anything is possible, Bless. I mean, you're right. I, I hope that happens one day for you. I don't think it'll happen tomorrow. Yeah. But I hope it happens one day. And I, I think that it might. I also think it'd, it could be cool to give a Wario Land to an, an indie developer. Yeah. I think that could be fun. I, I don't mean, know which one. We're overdue for Wario uh, maybe, Land. Maybe um, the Guacamelee developer. That'd be really good. I feel like they, they'd make a really rad Wario Yeah, yeah, Land. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I would rather, I, I'd like a 2D Mario from anybody. Like, just give me a 2D Mario. <laughs> from anybody. Yeah. And, and like, in a lot of ways, I feel like I'd be even more excited about uh, 2D Mario that's not made from the traditional teams because... I feel like if we gave it to an indie, they'd get creative. And like that's what I'm looking for is new art styles and ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, that's getting a little crazy. Um, Anything's possible. Speaking of crazy. It's crazy. Not being subscribed to patreon.com slash kind of funny. Because then you have to watch all the ads. But if yeah, I, I messed it up. I was so good. You were so good. I was You're so good. It. Got in my head. Here's the ads. Two out of ten. Shout out to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode. We all love gobbling up content and we have an understanding of what subscriptions we use. Or do we? Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to $200. That's right. You, you, you out there. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you don't even know about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money has saved some of us here at Kind of Funny a ton of money and it can help you too. Stop throwing away your money. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to Rocket money.com slash kind of funny that's rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny r-o-c-k-e-t-m-o-n-e-y.com slash kind of funny <laughs> fucking barrett doesn't warn me that the ads are short i don't understand why it's so easy to be like hey just so you know the ads are two seconds short i i go I go from making an excellent segue and then just flubbing the bag totally, right? Mm. We go into the ad. It's dead silent in the studio. And then all of a sudden over the Kevin mic, we just hear a drill. <laughs> drill. Sound, which is the most Kevin sound possible. Like It is so comical. It's so perfect that like I looked at Bless and I could see he didn't believe what he was hearing. Guys, one of our uh, like ATM like little mini switchers that we use for gameplay it's making a like really strong fan noise, so I've taken it apart. I've can you, taken it apart. Can you show the the people I the can. sound? Oh, the sound. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we hear. That's the sound of Kevin Coelho, everybody. And then we get the countdowns to the end. Going back in five, four, three, two, and we're just back. Got perfect. One. Kind Absolutely of funny, baby. perfect. We're having Again, such a great time. It would be time. so easy for someone to be give me a hey, heads up, heads up. <laughs> the ad is two seconds short. I've asked him. I've asked him. Story. Any notes for Games Day tomorrow? Number three. (laughs) Frank O'Connor, Halo franchise director, has left Microsoft. This comes from Justin Carter at Game Developer. 
Wow, bless. This is wild. Uh, Frank O'Connor, another longtime veteran of Microsoft's Halo franchise, has departed 343 Industries. His LinkedIn shows that he's left the studio he helped found sometime this month. Microsoft confirmed to Axios' Stephen Totillo that Frank O'Connor has left the company. Uh, in its brief statement, the Xbox maker thanked him for his numerous contributions to the Halo franchise and wished Frank well going forward. O'Connor has been with Halo ever since the shooter, the shooter series originated at Bungie. While at Bungie, he was originally a community manager for the first three Halo games and its two spinoffs, Reach and ODST. He later joined 343 as its director for the franchise. As franchise director, he helped build out the series from Halo 4 onwards. That included ensuring various games lined up with each other from a story standpoint and building out different parts of the universe as seen in expanded media like the show, which the executive produced, and books. This marks another high-profile developer leaving 343. Last week, Halo Infinite director uh, Joe Staten announced he was leaving Microsoft entirely, and he since joined Netflix Games. Other big names... Uh, other big name leaves include studio founder Bonnie Ross, multiplayer director Tom French, and several more. Oh my goodness. Cleaning house. It's the end of an era in, in so many ways. The end of the second era from Bungie all the way to 343. Like this is, this is it. And yeah. Frank leaving is like such a big deal because he was the face of the community for Halo for the entire run. And getting, then getting the big bump up to director of kind of seeing everything over at 343. But back in the Bungie days, like, he was the one that was, like, on the forums and, like, on the, the, the all the social media. Like, at a time that social media didn't even really exist, he was kind of a name in the space. And, like, he would always do, like, weekly blog posts with, like, updates on Halo 2's development. And, like, it was, like, a, a special moment in video game history. Do you know what I'm talking about, Mike? Mike knows what I'm talking about. Um, he would always draw Master Chief. He has his little doodle called a Mr. Chief. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it was adorable. Oh, is that where that comes from? I've heard it of is. Mr. Chief. It is. Mr. Wow. Chief. It's a, it's a Frank situation. Um, so, yeah, man, this is uh, a lot of stories coming out about, about this team leaving. I wonder what this is going to result in. What's 343 going to look like? What is the next Halo game? What's the next 343 game? Are those the same thing? Will mm -hmm. there be one? I don't know, Bless. Yesterday, I heard you guys talk about, and I forget if this is the main show or the post show, but it came up with the idea of our video game studios. Is it does it make sense to look forward to projects from the same studios when video game projects take so long now that like oftentimes you see turnover and those same people that worked on the first game in a franchise aren't necessarily working on the second or third game? Um, you're seeing a lot of turnover right now with 343. And correct me if I'm wrong, 343 with the Halo franchise hasn't really had a knockout hit that everybody agrees is the one they have not had a launch hit like yeah. master chief collection was a disaster at launch and then over time became something that the community really enjoyed um but yeah between four five like there's people that enjoy parts of each one but it's not a unanimous like oh they knocked out of the park and they did the damn thing mm -hmm. uh and then of course you know what happened with infinite so is there a case here where cleaning house reconfiguring 343 Figuring out who the new leads are, who's gonna take who's gonna take these spots, like trying to shake things up. Is is there a case in which that is a good thing? Is there a case in which this is a hey, we just gotta restart. We gotta figure out a new vision for three four three if we're gonna continue on with Halo being made by the studio. Absolutely, mm -hmm. I, I do think that this is going to result eventually in being a good thing for both three four three and Halo as a franchise. Um, I get progressively more and more worried about halo as the days go on about I, I i think we all know that halo can never be what it used to be in terms of it's it being a dominant force in the industry and one of the biggest franchises 
Um, I think there's just been too many extreme fumbles and, and missteps uh, in order for that to ever like come back into prominence, as well as not being able to adapt quick enough to an evolving landscape of multiplayer shooters out there. Um, so with all that, I think that Halo can still really thrive if they focus on what specific things people love about Halo because the character's there, the story's there. Halo's fun as shit. It is. It feels good to shoot. It feels good to drive. It feels good to do all those things together. If you come up with focused experiences that just deliver on that, especially using something like Game Pass and like with just a, a better idea of like delivering content to people, I think it could work. I think there's a level of ambition that they've proven that they can't quite deliver on all fronts with, right? But I do think that the skill and talent is there, and there's a fun video game. And that, I think, is the most important part. There's a fun video game there. Yeah. Dude, Halo Infinite at launch was some of the most fun I had in a video game that year, right? Especially a first-person shooter. Like, there's definitely something there in terms of how mechanically solid it is and how fun the moment-to-moment gameplay is. And, like, you know, using the grappling hook mid-match, like, swing around and get a, a shot on somebody. Like, getting, like, emptying a clip and then getting my uh, my last melee hit on somebody Ooh, to knock them out. That's good. I, I'm, I've never, historically, I've not been a Halo person, right? Halo's always been that game that my friends would, would have and I'd go over to the house to play it and they, they'd destroy me. And I'm like, this ain't fun. Why am I playing this, right? Halo Infinite was the one to really convince me, to, convince me and go, oh, no, this is really fun. Like, this is a fantastic time. And really, like, the, the place where they mainly flubbed was... The content and keeping up with it and trying to make a game that could live alongside the Fortnite's apexes like the games that are the call of duties the games that are getting these updates and the games that are year-round right halo infinite didn't feel like a game that could last year-round because they were not the battle pass wasn't it the content wasn't it right all that um i feel like if they're able to almost have their like their Fortnite moment you know in a way where you know Fortnite came out Fortnite was dead on arrival and then boom they added in this new mode right they added in battle royale and now it's flourishing right mm-hmm. like I, I i don't know if, they, if they've already given up on that for halo infinite but like i could see that still being a thing right if i know there are studios working on the halo battle royale uh, mike not if that's true <laughs> mike nods yeah there's a studio working on like the halo battle royale if that comes out and if that's a hit and maybe if you're able to get a flow going and reconfigure your um ongoing content plan there you could have something i think halo has something special in the fact that it's a name that's been around and it's a name that when it comes to video games people recognize and are willing to boot up right Mm -hmm. like it's not an unknown ip it is xbox's somehow most popular ip still right because back in the day it was this dominant force and so you have you have this thing that you can still put new games out with and People are going to play it regardless because it's Halo. I think that then lends to a, hey, you kind of have unlimited shots with this. Like, mm-hmm. cool. This one didn't work. You give it another shot. Like, this is how many Halos has it been now where it's not been the one? Like, Halo hasn't hit. And we're still trying them out. We're still there at launch playing them. I'm sure whatever the next one is, is going to have the same thing in the first few weeks. The question is, is it going to carry people over into months and years of playing that game? We'll have to see. We will have to see. Still rooting for you, Halo. Still rooting for you. Uh, story number four, Playdate has sold over 50,000 units. This comes from Jordan Midler at BGC. Uh, Panic has announced that its Playdate handheld has sold over 50K, more than double what was forecast by the developer. 
Shout out to you, Playdate. Go get them. Uh, 53,142 Playdates have been sold since the company opened pre-orders on July 29th, 2021. According to Panic, the company planned to manufacture 20,000 units, and it would go on to sell 20,000 units in one day. Uh, it's been a great year for Playdate, Project League Greg Malatek said in a statement. When we started, we had no idea how big the audience would be for a weird product like this, but we told the factory to build 20K. To now I've sold more than 53K and counting is heartening. And this at a time when part shortages forced our delivery lead times out as much as a year. As those lead times shorten and Playdate delivery becomes more immediate, we're looking forward to an even better year too. According to Panic, the company has shipped 27K of the pre-order units and is hard at work fulfilling the rest of the orders. There you go. Hell yeah. yeah we that talked about this. fantastic news. Like that is a demonstrable amount of um, copies sold compared to their, their forecast. And... I'm very surprised by this, but I think that this is a good sign for the support of the system. And we've seen even recently, there's been some things that are like, oh, that's actually kind of exciting. Like the Celeste um, uh, port, Pico the, stuff being uh, yeah. ported. Pico, Pico, it's up Pico. to you. Um, but yeah, what, what do you think about this? I mean, I think I think this is awesome. And I think this answers some of our questions in terms of like, how do they feel like it's going, right? Like, is this has this been the plan for a play date? We talked about recently how them upping their price makes us recoil a little bit right because they increased the, the price by like i think 20 dollars or so and put it up to like i think it was 200 dollars. kind of funny.com says you're wrong and for so many of us right i think the mainstream and like the wide gaming audience you look at that and you're like i'm not gonna pay that much money for for it but if they're looking to sell only like twenty thousand units and yeah like fifty thousand people are go yeah i'll pay 200 dollars for that then boom you got a success right it's about like, managing your expectation and, and making sure that you have an audience that is going to support, like you have an audience that's going to support the, um, this platform in, a, in the limited way that you're looking at it. And then you have developers making games for it that understand that's what they're making games for, right? Like they're making an, a niche product here. They're making something very unique. They're putting out uh, unique games for it. And it's cool to see that it's working out for them in the way that they wanted to. And so Absolutely. that's really awesome. It really is. You know what else is awesome, Bless? What's that? Seeing a best friendship. Go down and chat right now. Uh, we have uh, Jorgen Venere and Vincinerator. I just see them going back and forth throughout the entire show. They, they clearly just met. <laughs> They're talking about video games. They're having a great time. It looks like uh, this is Jorgen's first time ever on Kind of Funny Games. So thank you oh, for giving snap. us a shot. Saw so us talking about um, Dead uh, Island 2 and want to see what was going on. And then him and Vince. And it seems like Vince uh, is... Uh, Coming back to kind of funny after a while. So welcome back. And uh, I just love now they're just this. talking about Half-Life Alex. <laughs> it's, just great. it's just great, man. The, the, love the best friends out there. Uh, story number five, Harry Potter competitive multiplayer game Quidditch Champions announced. This comes from Tom Ivan at VGC. Warner Brothers Games loves to print money and has announced that Harry Potter Quidditch Champions for PC and unconfirmed console platforms. According to an FAQ on the game's website, it's a fast-paced competitive multiplayer game featuring the world's most iconic magical sport. Uh, it's billed as a complete standalone Quidditch experience that engages players in the sport of Quidditch and other broomstick adventures. <laughs> <laughs> alongside friends in, in a competitive multiplayer uh, setting. The game will let users create and customize their own Quidditch players. It will require an internet connection, whether playing solo or as a team online. Uh, Quidditch Champions has been in development for several years at LA-based Unbroken Studios, which is also currently contributing to the console versions of Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, a.k.a. SSKJL. Right, Mike? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Warner will hold limited play tests for Harry Potter Quidditch Champions from April 21st to 22nd. And players can register for a chance to participate. A release date has not been set. 
This explains why you don't have Quidditch in the Harry Potter, uh, the Hogwarts Legacy 100%. game that just came out, right? Um, thought exercise for you. Did, did they say if this is free to play or not? I don't think they said said, uh, said so. If, let's say, they put this out mm-hmm. for $40. Mm-hmm. How many units do you think this is selling? I mean, a lot. Because, right? like, Hogwarts Legacy, I, I need, they need to double-check this, but I saw somewhere that, like, they sell 250% more. <laughs> like, you want to talk about, like, you know, like leaping over your projects, projections, right, your forecasts. Hogwarts Legacy is selling units. Like, mm-hmm. that, that thing is selling copies. And, yeah, like, for Warner Brothers to, one, prophecy the success of Hogwarts Legacy because it's a huge IP, right, and go, hey, let's make more stuff. We should, we should be doubling down on this early. Like, you know, good business sense from them. But, yeah, after seeing the actual numbers now for Hogwarts Legacy, you got to imagine that now they're like, oh, we made the right decision. Like, whatever, like whether it's free-to-play or whether it's um, a premium title that they put, they put out, this thing is going to have a big player base. This thing is going to sell a lot of copies. Thought mm. exercise for you here. What else? Exercise me. I'm interested in this because... I feel like what I'm about to say is a little against the traditional Tim stance on things. Mm-hmm. But my gut kind of tells me that this might fare even better if it was like a Hogwarts Legacy adjacent project. Like if it was DLC for it. If it was mm-hmm. connected to Hogwarts in some way. Interesting. Because I feel like it just being like Hogwarts is now a proven quantity. Right? Mm-hmm. Whereas this kind of just feels like it's another video game. And just because... Jedi Fallen Order was great and people loved it. Didn't mean that Battlefront was. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? I get what you're talking about. So I kind of feel like what what, are, what do you think? I mean, oh, well, to to um, add some facts to what I was talking about, right? Uh, PlayStation Lifestyle has here. Hogwarts Legacy launch sales were 256% higher than expected, which is wild. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, for me, the idea of connecting it to Hogwarts Legacy, especially this early on, reminds me a little bit of Ghost of Shima Legends. And, of course, Ghost of Shima Legends, not as popular as Hogwarts is, but, you know, you had so many less people hopping into Legends because it came out way after the fact of Ghost of Shima. Not even way after the fact. It came out months after Ghost of Shima. Um, and it was this free thing that you could play if you had the, the proper game, right? But, like, that didn't get to live and breathe the way they wanted to. If you're putting out a Quidditch game, a multiplayer Quidditch game, I would think that you would want to support it, you know, especially depending on the price structure. Like, let's say it's free to play. Let's mm-hmm. say it's a free to play game. I think you would want it to. Yeah, you would want to give it like a battle pass. You would want to give it these free to play ongoing features. And I think if you're if you're doing that, connecting it to a single player thing that came out in like a year ago, right? Let's say this comes out in 2024. Yeah, that thing came out in 2023. I think you are then you're kind of hiding it, right? Like people people might come back for the update, like like DLC. But I also think if it's ongoing. Putting it out as as its own thing is going to make it uh, give it higher potential to retain a player base and actually live as a living, breathing thing, as opposed to coming out being like, "Oh, it's DLC." People play it and then bounce out because they don't realize that it's meant to be this this ongoing thing. Yeah, it's interesting. I we'll we'll definitely have to see where this goes, but there's something about this one that I I don't know if it's going to. I feel like it might be more middling than. It's not going to do as well as Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't. I, I don't think so. But I also don't know if it's if it's meant to. Right. Yeah. Like Hogwarts Legacy, I think for them is probably even still like a oh shit, we didn't realize how good how good this this thing was going to do. Um, a Quidditch like, and that's a Harry Potter RPG. Like so many people have asked mm-hmm. for a Harry Potter RPG RPG all of their lives. 
we've gotten Quidditch games. Like, uh, there's a Quidditch game on the PS2 that I remember watching the trailer for and being like, yo, this looks really cool. I never played it, but I always wanted to. Um, yeah, like, if you're putting out a multiplayer Quidditch game, I think that's going to speak to people who are like, oh, dude, I love the Quidditch game back on the back in the day on the PS2, but then also just speak to people who have watched or read Harry Potter and go, yeah, I've always wanted to live that <laughs> that Quidditch fantasy because I'm a fucking nerd. Uh, yeah, like, I think you're going to speak to those people and those people are going to show up, up for it. Gotta love it, man. Um... Story number six, the next Monster Hunter game has been announced, and it's not what you think. Uh, Niantic is working with a different kind of monster for its next release. The studio, best known for Pokemon Go, that bless, I've still been playing every single day since October. Oh, yeah. Uh, announced a partnership with Capcom to make a title based on the Monster Hunter franchise. By the way, this is Andrew Webster at The Verge. I forgot to put that in there, but shout out shout Andrew out Webster for this Andrew article. Webster and The Verge. Um, the new game called Monster Hunter Now, and it aims to take the core of that series, Hunted Monsters, and transform it into the kind of real-world augmented reality experience that Niantic is known for. Gameplay specifics were light. Niantic says more details will be available when the closed beta launches in the near future, but it appears that Monster Hunter now will follow a somewhat familiar formula. The premise is that the Monster Hunter universe has somehow seeped into our world, and players will be able to encounter monsters along with various resources on a real-world map. The twist, it seems is that the game will utilize the same gameplay cycle that Monster Hunter is known for. Hunting monsters will earn players different materials, which can be used to craft better weapons and armor, which in turn can be used to hunt even more challenging monsters. Combat's always been a major part of Monster Hunter, but they don't call it that here. They call it Mon Hun. M-O-N-H-U-N. Oh, is yeah. that a thing? Mon, that is a thing. People do call it Mon Hun for sure. Shout out to Mon Hun, everybody. Uh, while on sometimes exhausting battles, and like in the main console game, you'll be able to hunt with friends in now. But the mobile game also condenses things quite a bit. Battles will last a maximum of 75 seconds. Niantic says that Monster Hunter Now will launch in September on both iOS and Android. And Tim Getty says Niantic is my favorite developer to say. Niantic is a really cool word. It is a really, it's a really good name for a developer. Um, here's, here's the thing, Tim. I feel like every month there's a new Niantic walk around and... Pikmin got one. Yeah, Pikmin got one. There was a Harry Potter Wizards Unite one. Ghostbusters got one. Uh, there's one for the NBA where you can go yep. and recruit LeBron James. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, got a Marvel one coming There's up? a Marvel one that, that like, I, I think is the coolest one because I got to announce you it. Announced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's so many of these things. And I'm mm -hmm. going to put on my, my uh, the aluminum foil hat. Too. Yeah. All right? Are they is Niantic? Are they in it for the games? Are they in it to make games that we have fun with, or are they collecting all of our information? Is that what this is? Like, what is the final goal here? What is the final? Because like, are these games successful? Are these games oh, yeah. killing it? Like, I'm sure some of them are. Obviously, Pokemon Go is, and I expect that like the Marvel one will be. Because come on, Marvel. Um, but like, was, was the Pikmin game successful? Let me tell you the only way I know how mm -hmm. is we have for Pinfall years hat, now said Andrew Goldfarb's the only person we know still playing Pokemon Go, mm -hmm. right? And, like, we've kind of turned that into a joke. Since I've gotten back into it, A, I've learned just how much Andrew Goldfarb actually plays Pokemon Go. And it's a lot. It's oh, yeah? fucking a lot. <laughs> but the thing is, I do too now. Mm. A lot. And he's gifted me things left and right, and I'm getting a whole bunch of shit, but because we're friends, I get to click on his profile mm -hmm. and see what he's got going on. And on his profile, it says, also plays daily. Pikmin Go. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I, Andrew, I'm blowing up your spot right. here. But, yeah. Andrew Goldfarb's also playing Pikmin Go. I so, know, what does that mean to answer your question of is it popular? <laughs> I don't know. But Andrew Goldfarb is playing. I want to know the end game. 
What is Niantic building? Now, now here's the thing. Real quick, I, I will just say, for me playing this game now for the first time since 2016 and now mm -hmm. playing it every day, like, I'm really enjoying it. I think that there's a lot of, like, actual gameplay in it, and it is not just what it used to be of going out and, like, tapping, tapping, and wasting time. There's still a lot of that. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot, there's battles now. There's, like, there's a lot more, like, actual core stuff. There's way more poke. It's not just 150. There's now, like, 800-something in the game. Like, there's a lot of stuff that they're adding, and trust me, they're making a lot of bad decisions. People are really mad right now, bless, about, mm -hmm. like, the, some price changes that they just did. Oh, man. Um, but I think that that is a sign that there's a big enough group of people that care, that are playing, and decisions are affecting them. And I think that that is true for a lot of these different um, niche things where I wouldn't be surprised in the same way that Goldfire's playing Pikmin that there's a ton of people that are just as into Pokemon Go as I am for the NBA one. Yeah. You know? I saw a billboard for the NBA one. <laughs> really? Yeah. And I was like, oh, snap. They're marketing. They're marketing this for, for real. All right, cool. Good on Niantic for getting these deals. They remind me of like... A telltale in their heyday but obviously like even in a bigger way right because they are working with some of the biggest ip in the world and like pokemon go made so much money um and they're able to do this with like building off of that same technology i, I still think they're building up to something bigger i think there's like i think they got world domination in the in the brain i think like i i, I think they're collecting data to like then I don't know if they're selling it. I don't, and i'm not even saying this in a nefarious way right yeah. i don't i don't think they're I, I don't know if they're doing anything nefarious yeah. but like this this feels so convenient and so like like they have access to so much they, they know do. where we're going they like, know everything man yeah they know they know tim's daily walk routine. they do oh they do they know the fact that i Saying. that i now walk more because of pokemon go they, they did their job story number seven <laughs> diablo 4 has gone gold can you hear her presence now they tweet see you in sanctuary june 6th 2023 gia's birthday um oh, hi birthday exciting stuff here diablo Very exciting 4. Stuff. you know i I'm gonna give this one a, a two-hour shot. shot. Okay. I'm gonna give. The, I'm gonna dedicate two hours to Diablo Four. Of like, you know what? I'm going in. Not my type of genre. Not my type of game at all. But Andy always pushes me. Tim, get out of your comfort zone. Mm. So I'm dedicating to you. I'm, this is a promise to the kind of funny best friend audience. Two hours. I'm gonna do the same. Yeah. I'm giving it a, a, at least a few hours. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I've heard such good things from both Mike and Joey, and also from um, Ryan. That Drop works at Tondo IGN. says two hours isn't enough. Four. Dropkick just for you. I'll split four. the difference even three. I'm going four. Who's the Ryan McCaffrey? That's who it was. Ryan McCaffrey wrote the preview for IGN back when the previews dropped and really convinced me. I was like, dude, this looks or this sounds incredible the way that you guys are talking about it. And so I'll split the difference. I'll give it three hours. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Um, anyway, June 6th, it's coming out. Uh this the video game Armageddon is upon us. Um oh Lord. We have breaking news. Uh, was breaking not, news being did you put here. this in here? No, I didn't. Okay, I didn't uh, either. I think Greg did um which hold on let me see this tomorrow who's hosting um mike and andy mike you want to talk about division tomorrow mike will talk about that tomorrow you cool, cool. with that i'm cool with that very cool um remember you can go to patreon oh, we already did that uh mike talking about the division not being dead <laughs> is so far away so if all knows going to mom and shops today, where would I look? You would look toward the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Do -do 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 -do. Oh, there it is. Here we go. When are you going to stop being a coward and Never. actually sing it for yourself? Never! Out today, we have Disney Speedstorm Founders Pack Early Access on everything, uh, which I'm interested in giving a shot. God of Rock 
on everything. Minecraft Legends on everything. Puzzle Quest 3, everything. Mage Seeker, a League of Legends story on everything. Exogate Initiative Early Access on PC. Desktop Dungeons Rewind, PC. Europa Universalis. Or domination <laughs> on PC and Puzzle Quest 3 oh, I on have that PS4, twice. 5, Xbox One, and Xbox. That's Series on there twice. So I'll just get rid of that. Uh, uh, Disney Speedstorm, I'm very excited for. I believe, I think, I think Greg Miller got me my code. Ooh. Yeah. So I'll probably be playing Horizon anyway because. Lots of video games. Lots of video games. <laughs> uh, new dates for you. Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed launches second free DLC on 420. Nice. Blaze it up. Let's this DLC go. gives you new ghost types, a new map, and so much more. Um, little deals of the day for you coming to Game Pass the next few weeks. Today we have Minecraft Legends on uh, 420. We got Coffee Talk Ep 2 and Medieval Dynasty. 421, Homestead Arcana. 426, Cassette Beasts. Uh, all the greatest hits. Uh, 427, Blaz Blue Cross Tag Battle Special Edition. And the last case of Benedict Fox. Let's, Let's go. fucking go April 27th. God, that is scarily close. And then Redfall, May 2nd. So some big hitters there yeah. for, for Xbox coming through at the, the end of April, early May. May 2nd, or, uh, Redfall's not moving, is it? It's going to stay there. No, it's sticking, baby. All right. All right. Yeah. Which is wild. Because when that news broke and they had the conversation on XCast, mm -hmm. Greg Miller called me at night and was like, hey, should we push this episode early in case they announce a delay tomorrow morning and then this whole episode is outdated? <laughs> like, that's how confident we were that, like, they might do that. But here we are. I don't think they're going to. Do you think there's a chance? Does anyone in this room think there's a chance? Way too late to delay. Way too late to delay, Barrett says. I think they would have done it by now. No, I do. I do too. I do too. All right. All right. Well, we're going in. <laughs> we're, yeah, there we go. Um, let's do a little thing I like to call You're Wrong, where you get to correct us as we screw things up. Uh, now, uh, Jay Sayas says the only time Hollow Knight Silk Song's ever been at a Nintendo showcase was Nintendo Treehouse. Um uh, says Tim said Capcom made Star Fox Assault. It was actually Namco. There we go. It was. Um, this is a you're right. Uh, people yep. are, are saying that the Playdate saw a $20 price increase from April 7th, increasing the price to $200. So I nailed that shit. Um, and then, weirdly, well, let me verify this. Um, oh, I saw this. Uh, is this a video game thing or is this just an app? Marvel announced Marvel Move uh, where you can go jogging with Thor and Hulk and shit. Hot. Yeah, a fitness adventure. I thought it was the, the Marvel thing. And I was like, wow, dude, it's going <laughs> wild today. No, nah, it's not that. Um, well, cool. That's been kind of funny games daily. What a great time to be alive for everybody. Remember, we're trying something new with YouTube Super Chats on kind of funny games. Only on YouTube in the live stream, there's going to be a 30-minute post show with Snowbike Mike's about to join us to go deeper into some of the stories. Hit us up with questions. We'll answer them. Use your Super Chats over on YouTube to have us read your questions. It's very exciting for everybody involved. Um, Tomorrow's host, we have Mike and Andy. Then Thursday, Bless and Me. And then Friday, me and Steven Spawn. Very excited for you, that Do one. you know about me and Mike's challenge? I don't. So um, on Remember Blank, uh, Mike threw it, out, threw it out on the gauntlet. And uh, I'm supposed to host KFGD this week without looking at the doc. Without, like, for the, for the intro, for all the rigmarole. Oh, yeah. Do, like, all the 10 paragraphs we have there without uh -huh. looking at the doc. And I accepted the challenge. Um, but the way I'm going to get around it is by trying not to host KHD at all this week. <laughs> right now, I'm, I'm, I'm down to one day of hosting. Can I, can I wiggle out of that? <laughs> we'll see. We'll Dude, see. I feel like 
looking at it throws me off more. I, I, I get in my head when I when I see the, there's just so much stuff. When I just go off the dome, I usually miss one of the things, but that's I think it's okay. And my thing is like I I definitely can go off uh, off my dome or off my dome off the dome, but like I get nervous. You yeah, know? I'm like, oh man, if I miss one bullet point, then it's like I'm just lost in the sea of text. Dude, you just get in your head, man. I'm telling you, it's the the ad segues for me are the thing where I'm like, I, I have it. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be good. Mm-hmm. And I start it, it's good, and then I overthink it. And it yeah, happens. I, love I would say segues. two out of five times a week for me, where mm-hmm. I just like, I'm just flub it. I flub it, but it's okay. We're all in this together, everybody. We're about to end this episode of Games Daily. But remember, we're still hanging out. And then we're doing a super fun live stream right after this. Uh, Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.